Hello and welcome to the simplicity of happiness when more is too much. This podcast offers tips and techniques for a better life. And here's your host, Flo. Hello and welcome back. And before I start with today's episode, I want to remind you once more that you can access all my premium content at patreon.com slash flojo where I am giving away half of the donations for children's education in Zanzibar. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Simplicity of Happiness podcast where I am interviewing... Well, a great inspiration today. As you know, I visited Toronto in May 2017 and I met Chris and Mike of Mike Mandel Hypnosis. And although I thought that I am just adding some nice gimmicks to my, well, abilities, when I when I traveled there, I thought I'm I'm able to do some some nice hypnotic tricks to impress people to well make them be curious for their unconscious mind. But that was proven wrong. Mike is on the one hand an incredible hypnotist. He's on the other hand an inspirational person and third and most important he he overall is a great mentalist and somehow therapist he is using hypnosis not for tricks well he does use it for some tricks but mostly he's using this to help people to become a better version of themselves and all the studies I did about NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming, I did before fell well into place because I could use all these um, communicative uh, patterns that I learned there and implemented into hypnosis. I felt like coming home when I went to Toronto. On the one hand, being a incredible city, especially after a year in Zanzibar, uh, I liked Canada, I liked the people, I liked the vibe in the city, I liked the people who went there, and I got some incredible skills. Mike is one part of the whole academy, the other half is Chris. And Chris Thompson is my guest today and I am absolutely honored that he uh, took the time to talk to me in between getting some work done and picking his kids from school. Chris, you are an inspiration and I am, well, I'm thrilled to have you on the show and I can't wait to be back in Toronto, Canada soon. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on, Florian. Yes, I... I'm so curious to to have you on the show, as it has been over a year actually that we actually met in freezing Toronto. Do you remember May when was I was it? there? In yeah, it was the May 2017 class, and it was yes. particularly cold. Yeah, 
And I walked, I walked to class on the second day. I, I, I bought some uh, long <laughs> pair of pants because I was coming straight from Zanzibar. I remember um, that. Yeah, you had to buy clothes. It was wonderful, though. <laughs> it was. And since, well, I, I know you and Mike from that crazy podcast that the two of you are recording every once in a while and um, it took me a while to figure out your sense of humor but once i did i had to go to um to canada i remember very clearly when you told me that you said you know chris i, I started listening to the brain software podcast because i think you said i was searching for a podcast on nlp and hypnosis yes. and i found it and i just thought what the heck are these guys up to? This makes, this is stupid. <laughs> and then months later, I don't know, I just decided to listen to another episode and I got it and I found it funny and I started at the beginning and now I'm hooked and here I am in Toronto. Yeah, I think I, I, I um, had an iPhone. So I um, was listening through the iTunes app. Yes. And then I went to an Android phone and I, well, I couldn't listen to iTunes anymore, so I had to go through another service. And when I came back, uh, switched back to an Apple phone, uh, all of a sudden um, I had you still saved. And I was, okay, give it another try. And then I, for once, I thought it was hilarious funny. And on the other side, you gave in between the lines so deep input. Oh, thank you. That's the goal. That is the goal is we want to have a podcast that is fun and that yes. educates and entertains people at the same time. But you have to listen to the whole show. Yeah, I'm going it really to does link help it. that way. Yeah. I'm going to link it um, in the show notes. But uh, just in case that you are maybe driving a car um, as a listener, just um, look for the brain software. Brain software. For that's the one. Yeah, or just look for Mike Mandel. If you Google that, um, it will the website will pop up, and you will find a link to the um, to the podcast. And it is worth listening. If you, well, what is the goal? Who do you want to reach? I think we're really looking to reach anybody who wants to live a higher quality life. So our mission is to help people build awesome lives. And sometimes that takes the form of personal development tools mm -hmm. that we can all just deploy in our own brains, right? So update our own brain software, learn how to ask ourselves better questions, learn, learn how to run certain tools on ourselves, but also hypnotists or anybody who is interested in learning about hypnosis because we're both hypnotists and trainers, mm -hmm. then we tend to attract a lot of people who are into that part of the market. So we discuss hypnosis but we keep it pretty simple. We don't go super deep into hypnosis because we realize the audience is not just hypnotists. It tends to what? be more of generalists who are interested in personal development who develop a fascination about hypnosis because of the podcast. What is a hypnotist? Well, you know, we're all hypnotists, but uh, <laughs> a hypnotist, I suppose, is really just somebody who is formally studying the topic of hypnosis so that they can use it more effectively. Another way to put it is we're all communicators, but only mm -hmm. some of us actually study how to be a really good and elegant communicator, right? Mm -hmm. And so in much the same way, hypnosis, we are all affecting other people's unconscious minds all the time. We just don't necessarily realize that we're doing it. If we pick on our child in a certain way because we're not happy with um, the dietary choices the child is making or um, the child's 
always late doing homework or not handing in homework or always late to go out of the house to get to school. Mm-hmm. We can be interacting and communicating in a certain way that's really harmful and that could be considered hypnosis because it's having mm-hmm. an unconscious effect on the brain of that child. Whereas if you're skilled at this and you're doing hypnosis formally on purpose to help people, you can help them overcome a phobia or an anxiety or Mm -hmm. some sort of past trauma or help them become a better swimmer or more focused in school on their homework or quit smoking or whatever it is, right? So to me, (laughs) I hope that makes sense. That's my quick and dirty answer. When you have to help your child to quit smoking, <laughs> then there was something wrong before. Yeah, then they're a little bit older, right, hopefully, and they're not 13 like my oldest kid um, who doesn't smoke, to the best of my knowledge. But yeah, just generally speaking, when you're helping people on purpose and you're using the tools of communication yeah. to the unconscious mind, you're using hypnosis. Before I before we go deeper into one or two tips and tricks, I... Remember a story that I think Mike told in the podcast. Okay. And he said that, or, or maybe it was even you. Anyway, it was one of, one of the two of you, and it was about Chris Thompson. <laughs> and it was a day after a jiu-jitsu class back in the day. Yeah. And you, and um, I think that you were going to a pub once a week all together, and you said, well, I have to get out tomorrow morning at six. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember Mike, that. Yeah. And Mike said, choices you made. Choice you made. Yeah. Do you want me to tell the quick version of that? Yes. Okay. So it, it, you're exactly right. It was a Wednesday night in Toronto after our typical jujitsu class. And we would walk after the class was over to a nearby pub and sit down, have a beer or a glass of wine or whatever we were drinking. And typically, because I had a corporate job in the investment banking industry at the time, I would not want to stick around too late because I needed to wake up at, I think it was something like 5.30 in the morning would be my typical wake up, which seems absurd to me now. And so the (laughs) clock was rolling around to maybe 10 p.m. And I just, I sat there and I said, well, guys, I better get my bill. I got to go. I have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. And Mike just looked right at me and said, choice you made. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I thought, you know, the immediate intera- the immediate response, it's a bit of a pattern interrupt. You're not used to people saying stuff like that to you. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, you dick. And then I realized, hold on a second. He's right. But he's not right in that it's the choice I made. I immediately reframed it in my mind and said, mm-hmm. it's the choice I am making, present tense. Nobody is forcing me to wake up at 530. Nobody is making me go to this job. Nobody's making me stay at this job. I could I could actually change things if I wanted to. I might not want to, or I might want to, but nobody's uh-huh. actually holding a gun to my head and saying, Chris, you need to leave right now because you have to get up at 5.30 because you have to go to that job. And it was a, it was a moment for me where I realized all of these things, you know, there are our, there are choices and we should not be looking at a job as something we have to do. We should be looking at a job as a two-way street. So if you have a boss, if you're listening to this right now and you have a boss, you shouldn't just think of it as you work for that person and that person tells you what to do and you have to do it. You should think of it as a two-way relationship, just like any relationship you're in. If you have a friend and suddenly that friend isn't a friend anymore, you don't have an obligation to remain that person's friend. If they're doing things that are bad for you, you can get out of that relationship and a job or a career or whatever, 
employment situations are just relationships and they have to work both ways. And you should feel free to fire your boss if the relationship isn't working for you anymore. Yes, but if I need the money. <laughs> yeah, if you need the money, then, you know, I, I am fairly risk averse in my life and I wouldn't immediately go out and quit a job just because I didn't want to do it anymore. I would be designing a backup plan. And I think that's where um, you were saying you were looking for some tips and tricks or you wanted to get into that. I'm not sure if you had specific ideas, but the most important concept that I think I learned from Mike Mandel is the idea of your present state and your target state. And so if you're in a situation that you're not happy with, and I know the example here is maybe jobs or whatever, but it could be anything, could be a relationship, could be a health situation, wherever you are currently feeling stuck, mm -hmm. if all you ever do is ask yourself questions about why you're stuck and why does this always happen to me and how, um, you know, how am I ever going to get over the fact that I'm stuck with this situation? Well, those are all questions that keep you stuck. You're focusing mm -hmm. on that stuck state and you have to instead step out of that stuck state, look forward, look Do towards really the future. To? Yeah, you absolutely have to understand <laughs> where it is that you want to be so that you can ask yourself better quality questions mm -hmm. that will hopefully arm you to build the resources so that you can escape the stuck state and move towards whatever it is that your target state is. If that and what makes happened, sense. Yes, it does. And what happened to you that you took a different choice? Yeah. The, um, you know, a lot of the times I can look back on this and say, gee, I must've just been really lucky because this happened and that happened and this other thing happened. But I think the reality is I was aiming my own reticular activating system. So by asking myself the right kinds of questions and by constantly being interested in what's next, what's better than this, what am I moving on to? Mm -hmm. Then my mind, my brain was just open to suck up knowledge that happened to be fired at me. So whether I was going through a Facebook newsfeed and some interesting article hit me that, oh, well, that looks really interesting. Or whether it, in my case, was a very informal mastermind group that I was involved with, with two other mm -hmm. friends, both who were trained NLP practitioners and hypnotists. And when I was working in the culture of the investment community in Toronto, mm -hmm. every couple of weeks, we would get together maybe outside of a Starbucks or something like that. And it was three friends of myself, another guy named Ron and another guy named Julio. And Julio was an interesting kind of character where he would typically burn a DVD of some interesting material that he thought we should go through. And every time he would show up to one of these meetings, he would drop a burned copy of a DVD in front of us and say, Hey guys, there's some interesting stuff on here. You might want to check it out. And he might give us a couple of minutes on what it contained. But back in 2000, and I think it was 2007. It might've been 2008. Um, he dropped down a copy of a DVD and on that he had burned the audiobook of Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you have read that or listened to that, haven't you? You mean personally me? Yeah. No. No, I thought you had. Okay. Because no, I, I know some of the stuff you've been up to, it sort of resonates very clearly <laughs> yes. with that lifestyle. And yes. But you get the idea. So anyway, yes. back in that, in that day, 2007, 2008... Um, the, the, the four hour work week was a new book from Tim Ferriss and it's still a fan. Yeah. A lot of the resources in there are a bit out of date, but the concepts are evergreen. They never get old. Just the tools that you would use to implement the concepts have changed much the same way, 
you know, maybe whatever your favorite web browser changes over mm-hmm. the time, but yeah. we still use web browsers, that kind of idea. So I, um, I had really fallen in love with the concepts taught in that book. And that inspired me to think about, well, instead of building my mentality around this idea that I'm going to work my ass off for however many years it takes to make a lot of money and save and have a big investment portfolio so that I can eventually live off of the return on investment of my assets. This book from Tim Ferriss, which I thank my friend Julio for presenting to me, Mm -hmm. it really got me to think differently around, well, hold on a second. Maybe, Maybe I don't need to make all the money that I need to make in this world to live without working, maybe I could actually do something different, something entrepreneurial, something that would create an income stream for me now that would be a lot of fun that could allow me to escape this day job and have a better lifestyle right now, not in 15 years or whatever it was. Why did you want to escape that day job anyway? Um, You know, it was a personal thing for me, but basically when I got into the investment banking space, so just to be anyone who's who's uh, interested in that space and knows a little bit about it, I was what was called a sell-side analyst. So I worked mm-hmm. for a research firm uh, and I published reports on stocks, buy recommendations, sell recommendations, whatever it is. And uh, it was interesting because I covered the technology field in Canada. So I got to do a lot of cool stuff. But there were aspects of the business that just did not line up well with my way of thinking about investing. Specifically, I had a very long-term perspective on thing. Generally, I have a long-term perspective mm-hmm. on life, right? Like I want to live a long time. I want to be in my, you know, my marriage for a long time. I want to have a great relationship with my kids when they're old, right? Uh, and much the same way, when I think about investing, I think about buying good quality stocks that are leading an important emerging area of technology mm-hmm. and holding them for a very long time, kind of a Warren Buffett mentality. And unfortunately, when you're in the industry of professionally writing research on these stocks, that doesn't really cut it because everybody mm-hmm. is playing this quarterly game and everybody mm-hmm. is trying to outperform their competitors, usually the investment managers who are running mutual funds and hedge funds and stuff. These guys are paid a quarterly bonus based on their performance and everybody is out to try to find a way to beat out their competitor on a very short-term basis. And so that inspires an entire industry that is essentially built around short-term advice which to me is just a a complete crock of you know what. So it did not resonate. It's not the kind of industry I felt good about being in long term. And eventually I just became disillusioned with the idea of being in that industry. And I wasn't having as much fun and I wanted to get out of it. Plus there was the whole lifestyle effect where even if it had lined up, I think with my views around investing, it still would have been this job where Best way I can describe it, I guess it's not that much different than being an entrepreneur in that there's infinite work. A friend of mine once said to me, before I got into the industry, I said to him, why are you always so busy? He goes, well, it's simple. There's infinite work to be done. And I thought like, really? But he was serious and and he was right. There is just infinite work to be done. If you are writing research on a company, let's say uh, pick a big company like Apple or uh, Google. If your job is to follow that company and a bunch of others, there's an infinite number of data points and and analysis that you could do. You could just 
basically never, ever stop. And you would only have mm-hmm. a sliver of the picture. So you're constantly working hard, hard, hard to try to outperform all of your competitors, have an edge to speak to your clients and give them some insight that they haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. And what that results in is just overwork syndrome. So you're into work very, very early and mm-hmm. you're working quite late most nights. And that Getting was also nice. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, I'd wake up before my kids were awake and I would quickly chow down some breakfast go to work and then I wouldn't have seen them. And then when I got yeah. home, maybe if I was lucky, I'd have one hour to see them and then they were in bed. They were young back then, but yeah. that just didn't seem like a really good lifestyle choice to me. And so when I thought about the long term, and I really encourage people, not just in investing, but in all areas of life, think about the end game. Think about the long term. What are you really there for? And I just didn't think it made sense to build this career around a lifestyle that involved me basically not seeing my kids very much, not seeing my wife very much. And even when I was on vacation, like, sure, I could afford to go on a nice vacation to the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. but who's to say I wouldn't be on some sort of conference call almost every day, checking email regularly all the time. And that, that was just no fun. So when I um, um, when I summarize where you where you started, you said, and this could be the um, well most important point to focus on for our listeners, is quite easy. You went from asking why, like why am I um, paid my bonus quarterly? Why is this in um, this industry? Um, so short-term related, why do I have to get up so early? You ask yourself different questions like, what can I do to change it? Yeah. How can I make it different? Um, where will be my next step? And so this could be the, the most important thing if somebody is in a similar situation. Yeah, I think so. Stop, stop the why. Stop Go the out. why. Yeah, don't ask yourself why questions. And you're right. You're actually making me think about this right now, Flo, that I didn't ha- I didn't ask myself a ton of why questions around what I wanted to do with my life. I think I was just asking myself the wrong how questions. I was focused on okay. the wrong destination at the time. But you're right that I probably was asking myself a lot of questions like, why is the industry so short-term focused? Why is everybody, you know, so poorly educated on the power of long-term thinking here. Why, 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 why? Well, that just created more dissatisfaction, right? Um, Which may have served as motivation to get out. But in terms of that second step that you're alluding to, that second step has to be about asking yourself good quality process questions. How can I escape this industry? How can I step away from this industry and achieve a better balance of lifestyle and money, and freedom, and happiness, whatever it is that you want to ask. You've got to ask yourself better questions. And the way Mike and I, I I learned this really from Mike Mandel, and we talk about a lot on our podcast, we talk about empowering questions. So empowering questions are the kinds of questions that you can write on a piece of paper, maybe stick to your bathroom mirror so you see them when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, or at your bedside table so that you Mm -hmm. see them when you're turning your alarm clock off in the morning. And they're the kinds of questions that empower you to think about how you're going to do or what will I do today specifically to move myself closer 
to getting out of this job and into this other job that I want to be in so that I'll be able to really enjoy my life. And asking yes. yourself a good quality question like that gets you to take action. And they have, and to, now, be, they have to be good questions. Yeah. And now two more questions <laughs> concerning your career. All right. How did you make it out of there? And oh. how do you manage not to work 24-7, as I know that you could still have infinite work. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why I was joking. The life of an entrepreneur is yeah. uh, is similar in a way because you can create infinite work. Um, that part's easy. I think it just comes down to deciding what is it that you are willing to let slide? What is it that you are willing to just not do? So, because time is a finite resource, there are only 24 hours in the day. There are certain compromises I'm yeah. not willing to make long-term, like sleep is important. If I don't get, you know, a typical eight hour type of sleep, then I'm probably not going to be as healthy as I want to be. So there's a, there's a, you know, I want to see my kids a certain amount of time. I want to spend time with my wife. I want to learn other things that have nothing to do with business. Cause I like to build my schema constantly around. It might be educating myself on new topics or going to the gym and staying in shape. So there's really only a certain amount of time I'm willing to give myself. And, um, I think that's, to me, that's the way to not work too much is to just give yourself you very specific working hours. In my case, right now, I give myself the work hours between noon and 3 p.m. And once, once <laughs> right that's now. done, so, yeah, those exactly, we're in that window right now. And that's perfect because I can work from noon to three. I can still get a lot done. And then if I'm not happy with the amount that's getting done, I can ask myself, okay, am I being inefficient or am I not recruiting enough help in the business? Because I can always hire people or pay freelancers. Or there's other things that I can do to get more work done that doesn't necessarily linearly scale to my time, right? Yeah. So there's leverage that you can implement. But I think it really just starts fundamentally at defining what your work hours will be and then just don't don't work outside of those work hours or at least not unless something's really, really important. Um, well, that was the second thing though, the first part. Now I'm forgetting. What was the first part of the question? Oh, the how, how did I, how did I get out of of it? I mean, you built, you, you, if I understand this correctly, you built this online academy. I mean, everything behind the Mike Mandel hypnosis academy, it's basically Mike and you. Yeah, exactly. What happened is uh, around the time that we were doing, where I was reading the four hour work week. And by the way, I want (laughs) to, Mike Mandel has always had a a pretty good lifestyle because, you know, he's a former (laughs) keynote speaker. So when I told him about this book, I said, I've got this book. It's great. It's called the four hour work week. And it teaches you this concept about how you can define where you want to go in life. And then you can kind of automate things and outsource things so that you're only working four hours a week. He looks right at me with this just deadpan expression. He says, Chris, I can't imagine ramping up to that level. Yes. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought, you bastard, you know, four hours. That's you know, he, he legitimately probably yeah. did not work four hours at that time. Now I have him working a little bit more than that in our business. But basically what happened is because of that book, I – um, I was challenged with my two other friends that I was in that mastermind group, that mm-hmm. unofficial mastermind hangout. And we challenged each other to come up with three ideas that we could use to start a business that would be along the lines of the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. And I came up with the three ideas. I can't remember what the third one was, but the first two <laughs> ideas were number one, 
I wanted to use the skills that I had developed in NLP and Ericksonian hypnosis, conversational style hypnosis and storytelling mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Being a young father at the time, I wanted to come up with a product that would help parents with their young kids, their toddlers, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the temper tantrums and all that stuff. And I thought, what a cool name. I'm going to call it Talking to Toddlers. And I bought the domain name TalkingToToddlers.com. And I thought, I'm going to be like the Tony Robbins of this space. You know, I'm going to get the microphone. I'm just going to write the program ahead of time. And I'm going to read it like it's this really motivational Tony Robbins style, raw, raw. Here's how you can do a better job of being an amazing parent. It turned out okay. It did really well. It's a great product. It uh, was my very first online business that I launched. And Is it still uh, I, online? yeah, it's still there. Talking to like TO, not yes. not the letter, but or the, the letter, the number, talking to toddlers.com. The website's a bit out of date right now. I need to make it much more mobile friendly. There's lots of work to do, mm-hmm. but As I've always. given myself permission to just not do that work right now yeah. because I have other stuff that excites me more. But it's an amazing, it's still an amazing program. I get great feedback on it. That was the first product and I did it on my own. And, you know, it was the kind of thing I knew that it's a $37 product. I am probably not going to pay all my bills by selling this. But if, again, long-term thinking, if I can do this, if I can learn how to create the product, how to build the website, how to get it online, how to have people able to pay me digitally, then I'll have learned all these tools, all these skills that I currently don't have. And if I can do that, then I can probably repeat it. I can probably continue to advance my learning and do more and more and more. So I just thought this would be a good stepping stone Mm -hmm. and it worked out pretty well. The second idea, of course, as you can probably guess, was to set up MikeMandelHypnosis.com. And for that, I needed to have a partnership with Mike. And so I simply approached him one day. It was, I remember, because it was the day right after he, it was the day of him finishing a stage hypnosis show as part of the CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition in Toronto during the summer. Mm -hmm. I had snuck out of work early. I'd taken a taxi over to where he was going to be doing his stage show. I, I sat in the sound booth. I helped him sell some CDs after the show. And then as he drove me from the venue back towards the subway so I could go home, I had a conversation with him. I said, Mike, I've, I've got this idea. You know, here you are doing these stage shows and you've got these three awesome CDs. He had um, peak performance, memory power, and stress relief. They were three fantastic CDs. Mm-hmm. They're on our website right now at MikeMandelHypnosis.com. But he only had them in physical form. And I think that was an upgrade from the original recordings, which were cassette tapes. So way back <laughs> in the day, right? I said, uh, you sell these, you know, but what about all the people who don't have cash with them and they want to buy them from you, but they just didn't bring any money to the show. And he said, well, yeah, they, they just can't buy them. I said, okay, well, how about I set up MikeMandelHypnosis.com? People are probably going to Google search you anyway, and I'll just set the website up so that people can buy those CDs online through PayPal. And whenever we get an order, I'll just stuff it in the mail when I'm at work. No problem, right? He thought, oh, that's that's a pretty good idea. So we just arranged a wholesale agreement where I would buy the CDs from him in bulk. I would just like every few weeks at jiu-jitsu class, I'd say, Mike, can you bring me another bag of CDs? And his wife would stick them in a bag and he'd bring them to class and he'd hand them to me and I'd pay him for them and I'd run the website. 
And then uh, long story short, as things evolved, I said, I think we should start a podcast because there's no really good podcast about hypnosis. Let's start one. Let's call it Brain Software because he already had that brand for Mm -hmm. a keynote speech that he was doing. And um, that worked really well. That brought a lot more people into the website. And uh, at the time, he and I were not teaching hypnosis together yet at um, the University of Toronto where we rent space to teach the classes. He was still- So he did not have a company yet? Well- Yeah, he and I were just business partners informally in that I was wholesale buying CDs from him and we were friends. And I thought, well, like this is a good opportunity for me to learn more about online business. And um, eventually with with the podcast, I just thought the podcast would probably help grow our business and it would probably help him get more students in the class because the organization that was in charge of running the classes, they didn't do really any marketing. And he never did any of his own marketing. Yes. So you'd get very few people. Of course like, not. You, you this, <laughs> yeah. You'd get this world-class trainer, literally one of the best in the world at what he does. And outside of Canada, kind of nobody really knew who he was and, um, you know, that he was poorly marketed for his classes. So they would be you know, it would just be local people for the most part. Like it would be a, you know, a strange thing. If, if somebody flew in from Vancouver, Canada to take his hypnosis class, that was like, oh, wow. Someone's always all the way from Vancouver. And, you know, now that we've got our <laughs> podcast and our website, years and years have gone by and I've been yes. the one driving all the marketing and it's common to have, you know, guys like you coming in from, from Zanzibar and having, um, people coming in from, Oh, you name it, all over the world. Yeah. Australia, New Zealand, Germany, Switzerland, France. Um, India. India, yeah. Uh, you name it. The UK, of course, the United States, of course. So lots and lots and lots of people. But that was essentially years in the making. And I know I'm kind of flip-flopping here in terms of like um, long ago and what, what it worked mm-hmm. up to over the years. But basically, it was baby steps. And I started just selling the CDs online. Then we did some conversion of those to MP3s because physical Mm -hmm. CDs like those are for the birds. Who wants a physical CD these days? We want an MP3, right? So let's make them downloads. And then he listened. um, At one point, I asked him to give me a testimonial for the Talking to Toddlers product. So he started listening to it and he called me one day and said, that sounds really good. I, um, the, the sound quality is just phenomenal. How did you record that? And I told him how I did it with my MacBook and a, and a USB microphone. And I had yeah. built this sort of mini studio in my basement to get good sound quality. And I learned how to do all my own sound editing. And he said, well, I've got this idea for a product that I want to create called the Navigator System. And how about mm-hmm. you and I create it together? I'll write everything and I'll come over to your place and we'll record it. And you put it on the website and we'll be partners on it. That, that sounds great. <laughs> Phenomenal. So all of a sudden, I'm not just selling his stuff, but I'm a co-creator of that stuff. And I'm in charge yeah, of the great. marketing and the technology. And, you know, eventually I just said to him after, um, oh man, how many years went by? By around 2011, to, by around 2012, we were, becoming, we were becoming pretty good friends. And I said, Mike, there's this thing, you know, where I just don't think enough people are going to be ever able to come to Toronto to study hypnosis, to study mm-hmm. with you. And it it will do the world a great service if your training is available online. And I think it's a good idea. I think that we should have you come over to my place. I'll set up a home video studio. We'll get everything done. All I need is like one day a week from you and not even a full day, just a couple of hours. You come over, we'll record a lesson and we'll break down the whole curriculum of the five day class into X number of lessons. And we'll just shoot a lesson a week until it's done. It'll probably take us about a year to get the whole thing done and which it did. 
and I'll just shoot all the video. I'll edit all the video. I'll get it all done. All you have to do is show up. And I talked him into it and he said, okay. And we launched, um, I believe it was July, June, I want to say June 13th, although it might've been the 16th or something like that. Somewhere in June of the year 2013, we launched the Mike Mandel Hypnosis Academy. And so that's only five years ago. Yes. And, and to everybody who's listening at the moment and who's interested at least a bit in hypnosis, this is how I started. You had a sales program, uh, I think it was a special deal for a day or two. Um, you promoted it through the podcast. I clicked on it. I had a look at uh, some videos. They were great. Um, I think it was um, some rapid induction, something like this. Yes. I became a member of this academy. I had a look at the other stuff, and um, I I didn't even go half through it. I, I, I took the decision immediately, well, I have to go there. I have to meet that person or both of them personally. And um, well, and then in the review, I, I looked through all of these videos, and they are really done extremely good and you keep adding new stuff so whenever you are interested in that well have a look at mike mandel hypnosis.com i'm going to um put it in the show notes as well it's thank you worth it yeah thank you for saying that and you know from my perspective i i feel like i got lucky in many ways and i know mike would feel the same way about getting lucky uh partnering with me because of the i do all the pieces that he doesn't but i got really lucky in that this guy mike mandel just he's so skilled and such a great teacher that yeah. it's the easiest thing in the world for me to just put him in front of a camera and then say, trust me, this is really good hypnosis training. Well, and people, yeah, people easiest, can look at it and judge for themselves. It is the easiest thing for you because you ask yourself the right questions before, before because you went the first step, because you put your work out there mm-hmm. and you went towards Mike to offer him something new. It's not the easiest for him. And so this is, I think it's, it's a wonderful example for what can happen when you start asking the right directions and you do the work and you do the actions. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's nothing um, that I, uh, there's nothing I can say that's more strong to the listeners who are thinking about any kind of career shift or entrepreneurial style of activity is just get started. You don't have to make a decision right now to quit whatever you're doing. That's paying the bills, paying your mortgage, Mm -hmm. putting food on your table for your wife and your kids and your husband or whatever it is, whatever situation you're in, but there's nothing stopping you from beginning to learn the tools to do something else. So find something else that excites you, something that you could say to yourself, you know what? I think I'd be happy if I did this for three hours, four hours, eight hours, whatever per day for the next 20 years. I think this would probably make me happier than I am now. Then find something that is a total waste of your time. Stop doing that, like watching junk TV or whatever it is that you're wasting time on Facebook or watching too many YouTube videos, whatever it is that you're wasting time on, cut that out of your life entirely, reinvest the savings in learning something new, and then just get started and see where it takes you. And you might be thrilled several years down the road. Yes, Chris. And I know that you have to go. So I have one last question before I let you go. You You talked about excitement. Tell me, if we meet again, in 30 years, somewhere at a cottage in Canada. What is the story that you tell me of yourself? Um, as far as business or just anything? <laughs> who's, who's the person or who has the person Chris been in the last 30 years? 
Oh, in the last 30. So, geez, man, <laughs> I'll be 74 in 30 years. So <laughs> I think, you know, if, um, okay, I'll stick to business for now just because I think, you know, hopefully I'll be able to say, man, I just, I really spent so much time with my kids and my wife and growing up has been watching them growing up, watch them turning into mature adults that are now my age, the age I am right now has been amazing. But, uh, you know, that's something I'm committed to no matter what. But in terms of the challenge, the business challenges for me right now, what I would hope that I could say is that I helped shape the Mike Mandel Hypnosis Academy into essentially a true Netflix of hypnosis training, where it's not just our content, but every other trainer that we respect in the hypnosis community, of which there are many, that we managed to help them build their businesses, record their programs, put some of it in our academy, and basically become like this massive ecosystem of great quality digital hypnosis training that we're involved with so that we're not just helping Mike and me and Mike build a, a really strong business, but we are out there promoting the best of the best and yes. giving our members like insane value for their dollar, right? So you think yes. about Netflix as being this thing that's wherever you go in the world, I don't know, well, let's I say it's 10 bucks a month and you're getting insane levels of entertainment value for that 10 bucks. Yes, well, I would love it if our Academy was similar to that in 30 years, I would like to look back and say, I did that. And you are on a good way. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for being my guest. I hope I will have you back at some point in the future when we can talk about maybe one certain intervention or some certain topic. I'd love to. Yeah. And you normally, have my commitment. I'm making sure Mike gets on the show next. Yes, normally, that's my question. Like, who yeah. do you recommend to be the next guest? And I know oh, who you yeah. recommend. <laughs> Just yeah, make him fascinating. <laughs> get the mic. Yeah. And then maybe you do Mike. And then after that, we'll do a, uh, a Chris and Mike combination. Yeah. That'll well, be fun. In a year. <laughs> you got Chris, it. Thank you so much. You Take are welcome. Take care. And, um, well, I hope to see you soon again. Thanks very much, Flo. <laughs> Take care. And here we go. That was Chris Thompson of Mike Mandel Hypnosis. If you are considering to improve your coaching skills or to learn some uh, new and impressive skills, I can definitely recommend um, the Mike Mandel Online Academy where you can go through the whole curriculum online. So you can either well, practice that before you attend a live class in Toronto or you can use it as a deepener afterwards. I hope to have Mike on the show as well quite soon. If you, on the other hand, have an idea who else I shall talk to because it's an interesting story to tell and that can offer some valuable content for the other listeners, let me know. Until then, take care.